When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. It's 5-1, the Maple Leafs leading the Devils after two periods. Early in the third, Blue Jackets Capitals tied 1-1. Second period, Rangers and Red Wings scoreless. Blues up 1-0 on the Sharks. Jets up 2-0 on the Avalanche. Connor and Shifley both getting their seventh goals of the season. Later on tonight, the Wild play the Ducks. They're just getting underway at Claire Drake Arena. U of A Golden Bears against Regina. And WHL tonight, they're just getting underway in Cranbrook. The Edmonton Oilers visiting the, or pardon me, the Edmonton Oil Kings visiting the Kootenai Ice. Oilers against the Avalanche on Sunday. We have it for you here on 6.30, Chad. 6 o'clock for the face-off show. The game will begin at 7.30. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. I tell you what, the CFL has a salary cap on players. Looks like they're going to bring in a salary cap on coaches. Thankfully, there is no salary cap when it comes to radio guests talking about the league because if there was one, we could not afford these next two gentlemen. I'm pleased to welcome to the show, first of all, from CHML Global News Radio in Hamilton, my old buddy Rick Zamperin. Rick, how are you doing? Hey, Reed, I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm doing great. And also on the line, the play-by-play voice of the beloved Saskatchewan Rough Riders from CKRM, it is Rod Peterson. Hey, Rod, how's it going? Hey, I'm great, Reed. Thank you for the intro. That was very WWE-worthy. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm definitely not associated with the wrestling, so I'll have to stick to the announcing part of it. Uh, we got Rod, Rick, and Reed talking about the CFL. This is going to be a lot of fun. Rod, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I, I played the clip earlier in the show. Uh, I, I assume you were there in the scrum or you heard it shortly after. I love Chris Jones. We had him here in Edmonton. You've had him three years at Saskatchewan. He's the master of deflecting and not give, giving you anything. Perhaps his best quote of the year, that people put too much emphasis on who the starting quarterback's going to be in a game. Most important position <laughs> on the field, but please don't talk about it. I love it. Well, uh, to clarify, I think what he was talking about, honestly, Reid, is that most times we're at practice not really counting the reps or really paying attention to who's getting how many reps. That was different this week, and especially today with Zach Caleros and Brandon Bridge. And so they were split about 50-50. So that scrum opened with the reporter saying, hey, Bridge sure got a lot of reps today. Is he starting? <laughs> and that led into him saying, you guys put way too much emphasis on that. I mean, yeah, everybody knows that. Nobody cares more about who's the starting quarterback for the Rough Riders than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, obviously, because they're coming in here Sunday. That's what Jones was referring to. And and when Zach Caleros got knocked out of that game two weeks ago, which was the Riders' last game, 
we hadn't seen the Riders for 10 days until they came out because they had a bye in the last week of the regular season. Uh, I had said if I was Chris Jones, I would string this out all the way up to game time whenever they play next. And it ends up being the semifinal. I don't think Jones is going to name his starting quarterback until they come out of the tunnel on Sunday. So that's that's part of the gamesmanship of what went on today. Yeah, well, and he's he's good at it for sure, and uh, he, he's always uh, he's always interesting to talk to for sure. Rick, from from your angle there in in Hamilton, I, I should keep the the coach conversation going here. You know, when when June Jones came to the CFL, I was like, what, like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the run and shoot guy that I remember from the Detroit Lions a, a long time ago. I got to interview him when he had the interim tag removed in the off season, and, and I got to say, I wish I would have had more time. He was uh, he was a pleasure to talk to. How is how is June on a, on a day to day basis? And maybe tell me a little bit about uh, him embracing the, the the CFL at this point in his life and career. I think June Jones, like any coach who's been around this game for decades, uh, no different than his defensive coordinator, Jerry Glanville, I mean, they have a ton of interesting stories, number one. But number two, they have a lot of experiences in various uh, situations, whether they're trailing late in the game or leading a game at a certain point. They know, by and large, for the most part, which buttons to push, which guys to rest, who's going to start specific games, uh, who's hot, who's cold. Uh, they have a good barometer uh, uh, on their team and, and how they're running and, uh, you know, just pushing all those right buttons. And I think June really has a good grasp now being in his, uh, I wouldn't say second full season, but, uh, you know, in his, his season and a half in the, in the Canadian Football League, he has a good grasp of how the league works, uh, you know, the, the intricate rules of the game. He has all that down pat, which is great to see. Now he is starting to mold the team into a team that he wants uh, on the field and, and the identity he wants to see. And uh, I think one of the keys to this game coming up on Sunday is if he can show that video of the BC Lions dancing on the Ticats logo again, that'll rile up uh, you know this Ticats team once again, I'm sure, and uh, you know a little bit of extra motivation going into that Eastern semifinal. Rick Zamperin and Rod Peterson joining us on Inside Sports as we preview the CFL Division semifinals coming up on Sunday. Obviously, uh, we have guys who cover the, the two teams who are going to play uh, at home, which uh, which always helps, I, I think. Uh, Rick, I'll start with you on this one. Um, give, give me uh, your number one concern from a Tiger Cats angle going into this game. Number one concern, without a doubt, is the BC Lions front Four, and now with the addition of Solomon Elamimian back at the linebacker spot, maybe that front seven against the Ticats offensive line. You have three guys on the O-line, right guard, uh, Darius Sirocco, who's a rookie, uh, right tackle, Riker Matthews, and left tackle, uh, Palmer. These guys are making their first ever playoff start. So you're, you're throwing three rookies against a vicious, high-octane, uh, get to the quarterback D line, and now you're throwing in Solomon Elamimian. That could be a recipe for disaster. Now this O line has played fairly well, but now in a win or go home scenario, I mean the pressure is really on. Uh, the good part about Sunday in Hamilton is that uh, weather is not going to be a factor. It's going to be cloudy. It's right. going to be one degree. It's going to be okay. But I think the the big X factor is. That uh, Lions D versus that uh, Ticats uh, O line. 
Rod, I'll, I'll ask you the same question about a number one concern, and I'll just preface it with this. Because I mean, it was, to me, it was a bit of a strange year in the CFL because some teams look really good at times, and I mean, the team we cover here, the Eskimos, uh, were a great example. And then they, you know, other teams would look really bad at times. I, I, I would say the Riders are going into the playoffs hot. But the, the one loss they kind of had down the stretch was, was a rare shutout uh, against the team they got to play again on Sunday. Yeah, I was in Winnipeg in a game where it was minus six degrees in mid-October in a game the Riders really didn't even show up for. They looked like they wanted to be anywhere else but in Winnipeg that day. Uh, and when we came out of that game, we're thinking, oh boy, the sky's falling. What kind of team do we have here? Is this a signal for the rest of the season? And honestly, Reed, since then, they went into Calgary and won. And then they came home and beat BC in their last regular season game to clinch home field in the playoffs. So that was kind of a rock-bottom moment for the Rough Riders, and they've actually moved on. Um, you can imagine we've talked about this 98% of my show this week was this matchup. And, you know, had they beat Winnipeg in that game, they'd have swept him in the three-game season series. And all you'd be hearing, and Rick, you know this too, would be hard to beat a team four times in one year which, no, it's not, if you're that much better. But it doesn't matter because, because Winnipeg did gain a measure of confidence coming out of that game. So, Reed, your question is, what's my biggest concern? And I love the way you worded it because I was on the radio in Winnipeg this morning. I said, I'm not worried, but I'm concerned with the opponent that the Riders have in this game. It's got nothing to do with Saskatchewan, what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about Winnipeg coming in being very hot and very confident and very healthy because they are. They don't have any, no injuries. Like they're coming in with Matt Nichols, Andrew Harris, Weston Dressler, Nick Dembski, Adam Big Hill. It's a very good football team. That's my concern. There's not a lot of weaknesses on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and they are confident coming in with a five-game win streak going into that game in Edmonton, that throwaway game, the last game of the year. The thing for Winnipeg that concerns me again is my two very close friends, Paul Lapolis and Richie Hall, the Bombers' offensive and defensive coordinators. They're proven this time of year. They're very creative. They know what it takes to get to the top of the mountain. Mike O'Shea and Matt Nichols do not. Neither one of them has won a playoff game in their time in Winnipeg. That franchise hasn't won a playoff game since 2011. So, like, the only thing that I would play on from a Saskatchewan perspective is the pressure that are on Mike O'Shea and Matt Nichols coming in here because if they don't win this game, I believe O'Shea's gone. And I don't know what the future holds for Matt Nichols, but that's my thought there. There's way, way, way more pressure on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers coming into this game than Saskatchewan. And that's whether Zach Caleros plays or not. I mean, if Zach doesn't play, I don't, you know, there's a lot of fans that don't think, there's a lot of fans that don't even believe in Zach Caleros in the first place. But Chris Jones' job is not on the line, depending on the outcome of this game Sunday. It's not. You look at what's happened since he got here. He took over a three-win team, took him to five wins, to ten wins, to 12 wins, and then home field in the playoffs. Chris Jones has delivered already. You know, and, and their plan is to be in Edmonton in the Grey Cup, but there's way more pressure on Winnipeg in this game than Saskatchewan. So that's my concern. Rick, this is more of a must-win for Winnipeg than Saskatchewan. Rick touched on the weather in Hamilton. Is it going to be pretty cold in Regina on Sunday again? Uh, high of minus 10 okay. is the word, and we're just waiting to see what the wind is. What did it get down to in Edmonton today? Well, what did we hit for a low, Kellen? Today wasn't too bad. Uh, it's plus 2 right now, actually. Oh, my. What? Yeah, we had, <laughs> we had rain earlier today. It was minus 28 
in Regina today. Oh no, we're not wow. getting we're not getting that right now. Okay, sorry, uh, buddy. You're, you're so <laughs> we're going to minus we're going to minus fourteen overnight, but tomorrow is going to be one, and Sunday is going to be one. So we're okay. We had our first taste of snow today, and it didn't even stick. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, all the riders nice. have been all they've been talking about all week, <laughs> and the fans even more so is the weather to the point where Chris Jones said today. Actually, Reed, when you were talking about the quote from Jones, I thought you were going to say this one. He goes, "I am sick." Of talking about the damn weather. Oh, I, I didn't hear that one. <laughs> I, I also liked his one today where he said we're preparing to play a professional football game. Yes, thank you, Chris. <laughs> thank you. I like that too. Thank you, Chris. Rick, was that Rick? Was that you and me that did the uh, the uh, interview a couple of years ago about Austin, the back and forth, or was that him and Drew that had those back and forths? That would have been him and Drew. Right, yeah. okay. Legend- legendary. <laughs> no, he didn't pick on me, thankfully. <laughs> oh, he only picked on Drew. How come? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He must have a, 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 I don't know, a love affair with Drew. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, I, guys. I was spared. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, quickly here, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I think I know what you're going to say, but I, I want your perspectives on it because both you guys have been around the league uh, for a long time and know a lot of the ins, ins and outs. Rod, I'll start with you this time. Uh, number one uh, off-season story in the CFL once we after we play the Great Cup in a couple of weeks. Uh, I just want to go back and say Drew Edwards liked getting in that fight with Ken Austin. <laughs> I've been biting my lip ever since you brought that up. Drew likes that stuff. So, so anyways, I know that's a joke for just the three of us, but that's the truth. The number one offseason story is where does Mike Riley land? Um, the Eskimos already took care of, you know, one of the big questions, and that's bringing Jason Moss back next year. So congratulations to Jason. Montreal's already taking care of theirs with bringing back Cavis Reed and Mike Sherman. So that strike that off the list. It's, uh, it's Mike Riley, where does he go? I think Rick would agree with that. And two... Do we have a labor stoppage in the CFL? That that CBA runs out May 15th. There is a healthy dose of tension between the Players Association and the league. Big time. So that goes into the coach's salary cap, which you started this whole segment talking about. That's a big bone of contention there. Um, salaries, obviously, that's a, that's another story. But number one, sorry to rattle on here. Oh, that's cool. Is where, where does Mike Riley sign next year? Rick, is that what you're looking at as well? I kind of agree, too. We know that there's a lot of, not, not a lot, but some marquee quarterbacks that, that could be moving to other teams. I'll, I'll add a couple other ones. One CBA-related is uh, recreational marijuana going to land anywhere in that CBA now that it's legalized mm-hmm. here in Canada. That will be an interesting discussion. Uh, number two, there could, there, you know, Hamilton loses this game Sunday. There could very well be a coaching change here in Hamilton, which is kind of funny to say, but Orlando Steinauer, as a history with this team, and as a history with Toronto, who's now looking for a uh, you know a head coach, uh, you know if Hamilton loses Sunday, they have an excuse to make that coaching change and deal with the younger Steinauer. That'll be interesting here in Steeltown. Okay, hey, you guys are the best. This was fun. Thanks for checking in. Uh, enjoy covering your respective games on Sunday, and uh, if you guys are in town. Great Cup Week. Please uh, stop by and say hi. I'm doing a couple shows from uh, the festival spot that week. Oh, I will, for sure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Always fun, Reed. Right on. As Rod Peterson checking in from Regina, Rick Zamperin checking in from our Global News Radio affiliate in Hamilton. So there you go. Going to be uh, okay in Hamilton. A little colder, obviously, in Regina for Sunday. And uh, Kellen, as you know, I often am easily confused Mm -hmm. Uh, I may have said earlier the Oilers game is tomorrow it is in fact on Sunday Sunday 
I apologize if I said tomorrow or Saturday. Sunday, pregame 6, puck drop 7.30. All right, we're coming back after the break. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, so the Oilers game is Sunday, and there will be a live Inside Sports on Monday. I know that's a holiday for some of you, so you can spend it listening to Inside Sports. What better way to spend a day off work? I'll be here. (laughs) Kellen, you're just a beautiful and entertaining young man. I try to be. Uh, you can text 63630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Oilers have Colorado Sunday, and the Montreal Canadiens will be here on Tuesday. Some portions of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 780-FAMILY, uh, pardon me, 7804-FAMILY, or visit them online, FurnaceFamily.com. Hey, we uh, got a cool contest here. You can go to the contest page on 630Ched.com. It's the Grey Cup Festival All Access with Cook County. So uh, this is pretty cool. You have to enter before Sunday the 18th at uh, 10 o'clock. What is that, next Sunday? Next Sunday. But jump in there as soon as you can. Here's what you can win. All thanks to Cook County Saloon. You can get two tickets to the Shaw CFL Awards on Thursday the 22nd. You can get two tickets to the Alberta Blue Cross Grey Cup Gala Dinner on the 23rd. You can get two Coors Light Grey Cup concert tickets on Saturday the 24th. You can get two tickets to the sold-out indoor tailgate party presented by Coors Banquet on the 25th. You get two gold seats to the game on the 25th, and you get four tickets to the... Grey Cup after party featuring the Rec Laws at Cook County Saloon after the game on Sunday. You get all that, and all you got to do is enter the draw, and you might get it. Now that is all. You in. have nothing to lose. You, you. I guess you would do two minutes of your life to fill out the stuff online, but you could win all that stuff. So that's on the contest page on 630TED.com. Pretty cool. Jeremy from Glendon. Got to meet Jeremy at Studio 99. He says, hey, Reed, the winner of Saskatchewan and Winnipeg is coming to Edmonton. I don't see Calgary continuing their West dominance. The Stamps' reign is ending. Bo Levi's MOP nomination is a joke. And Jeremy says, Mike Riley's ties to BC and BC being closer to his home is concerning for me heading into the offseason. That is Jeremy from Glendon. You'll hear a little bit from Mike Riley, and uh, Morley Scott will enlighten us on what's behind some of these Eskimo coaching changes that they announced all coming up. to 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Wow, Black Crows. Haven't played that one in a while. That's a beauty, Kellen. Great track. Maple Leafs lead the Devils 5-1 in the third. In the second period, Jets up 2-0 on the Avalanche. Blues up 3-0 on the Sharks. Early third, 
Rangers with a 2-1 edge in Detroit. Late in the third, Blue Jackets with a 2-1 lead in Washington. Coming up later tonight, the Wild and the Ducks at Claire Drake Arena. The Golden Bears lead Regina 2-0. Five minutes left in the first. And the Edmonton Oil Kings on the road. Leading the Kootenai Ice 2-0. Trey Fix Wolanski just scored to extend the Oil Kings lead. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Oilers and Avalanche, 6 o'clock face-off show on Sunday. Play-by-play will start at 7.30. Jason Moss, of course, confirming earlier this week on this very station that he will return as Eskimos head coach in 2019. Here's quarterback Mike Riley. And he's a guy that is extremely passionate about football in general, but, but about the Edmonton Eskimos. You know, he spent most of his career here as a player, and he's a guy that really does love this city, love this team, and takes a lot of pride in what he does. And I see how much it means to him, and I see what he goes through to try to get prepared to get us ready to play a football game. And I think that the guys all understand that on the team. They appreciate it, um, and they play hard for him. Jason's a great coach. He's a third-year head coach, you know, and we've been to two division finals. And uh, in our worst season this year, which was not a good season, was nine and nine. If I walked in and talked to him and and I got the feeling that, that he just felt we were unlucky and nothing needed to change, um, you know, then I might feel a little differently. But I, I think he knows that he's learned a lot from this year and this team has, and, and he's got... Uh, you know, a plan moving forward of how to improve and be better and make those changes. So that's something that gives you confidence for sure. So Jason Moss will be back. We know, though, at least four members of this year's coaching staff will not be to discuss play-by-play voice for the Green and Gold here on 630 Chet, my buddy Morley Scott. Morley, how are you doing? Great, Reed. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. I, it's been fun talking to you behind the scenes for the last few days because I know you're you're already preparing for the Grey Cup and the coverage. And I know, unfortunately, we're not covering any Eskimos playoff games and they won't be in the game. But you get to cover the game and the events and the practices leading up nonetheless. I'm more looking forward to everything around the game because I can kind of step back from the game a little bit because the Eskimos aren't in. The last time I went to a Grey Cup was in Winnipeg in 2015, and it was pretty much football all the time because... That was the job, right? We're getting ready for the game, and the Eskimos are there. Uh, I'm looking forward to this week in Edmonton because we're going to spend some time kind of doing other things, not concentrating 100% on football. It'll all, of course, be Grey Cup-related and have a tie into football, of course, but there's so many things that go on around the Grey Cup. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I might go on the uh, bungee jump or the... uh you going to do the, the, the zipline? Or, or the zipline. I think it's a zipline. Yeah. Yeah, is there zip a bungee jump? I think there's a bungee jump, too. Oh, is there yeah. a bungee jump? I think the wow. ski activation, too, oh, right. as well. So, yeah, there's there's going to be so much fun down in that area on uh, on Jasper between 96th and 99th. They're going to, I think they start to set it up uh, right early away. next week. Yeah. Right? So that tells you how extensive it's going to be uh, two weeks before the, the festival starts. They're already going to start to shut down Jasper Avenue and start to set up uh, all the scaffolding and put all the all the trailers and everything in place. So it's going to be a good week. I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Eskimos-wise, there there has been news this week. Obviously, Jason Moss on Wednesday on the Coaches Show with you live on 630 Ched said, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I mean, he is... He is under contract, yes. so I guess just because they had a, had a bad year, there was uh, speculation about a possible head coaching change. That is not going to happen. Kelly Bates was the offense quality control coach. Rob Payne was quality control on defense. DJ McCarthy was wide receivers coach, and Dave Jackson was special teams coordinator, and he'd already replaced Corey McDermott, who was, who was fired about two-thirds of the way through the year. So those four guys are not going to be... Back. Yeah, they made that that announcement when they announced officially on I guess it was last, last yesterday afternoon that that Moss would return for for 2019. 
there's more to it. These aren't necessarily firings. Um, they are obviously they want to make a change in some of these categories, I believe. But uh, for example, I think Kelly Bates and uh, Rob Payne. I think those positions around most teams in the CFL are being eliminated. The quality control positions, those those extra coaches who who work to not let things fall through the crack, mm-hmm. they're being eliminated because there's that salary cap, and not just a salary cap, but uh, a roster of sorts put together. I think uh, we haven't heard the numbers, and Brock Sunderland talked on Sunday when the Eskimo had their locker cleanup day that they don't know the details of it all yet and he said in fact just last week they got an email with the the draft of everything that's going to go into place as far as that coach's salary cap and the limited amount of people you can have working in football operations we believe it's going to be about 26 people that includes scouts that includes your gm that includes your coaching staff that includes your chaplain i'm told as well so that's going to be uh there's going to be a limited number of, of people you can have working on your coaching staff so that's why a lot of guys are going to be unemployed this year simply because of that. And a lot of teams, like, like the Saskatchewan Roughriders, have a ton of coaches, and they've got a guy just to sit in the box and say, yeah, throw a flag on that, or don't throw a flag on that. So that's going to be something that's going to be addressed, and everyone's going to have the same amount of coaches, and they're going to be allowed to spend the same amount of money on coaches. So that's why some of these changes were made. Some of these changes were made because they weren't happy with with what had happened at those positions, and I, I think I, I look particularly to special teams. They obviously weren't happy with what was going on at special teams, and I don't think this is so much a knock on Dave Jackson, who took over the job after Corey McDermott was fired, but it's just they just want, I think they'll go out, I would I would assume they're going to hire a, a bigger name to be the special teams coordinator, a guy who's got some experience in the Canadian Football League at that position. All right, now does this mean that the other coaches who there was no announcement about that they're coming back? I mean, I know Mike Benavides is one where people are saying, well, what's going to happen or could there still be other changes? I would here? I wouldn't be surprised if there'd still be other changes because some guys might get offers from other teams yet, and mm-hmm. if they're especially if they're an upgrade, uh, they're going to allow those guys to go and, and work for other teams because that's that's just the way it works in the Canadian Football League. So I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't assume that everybody who is not on the list that they put out yesterday is back. I think some of those guys still have to negotiate contracts. Their contracts are up, I believe. I'm not, I'm not totally sure on that. So uh, they have to play that scenario out as well. But yeah, I wouldn't say that those guys are all back. I would say a lot of them are coming back. One thing Jason Moss does like is that consistency in his coaching staff. And he's pretty much had the same coaching staff for his three years here. He's made some tweaks here and there. And, you know, one guy's left and one guy's come on board. But for the most part, it's pretty much been those guys who have been coaching the Eskimos for the last three years. That will have, they'll probably have more changes this year, obviously, than they've had in the last few years in that department. So we'll see how it shakes out. I think you you got to find out who's available too, right? You don't know. I mean, BC's going to hire a new head coach, and he's going to want to bring in his staff. So all right. those guys and that staff might be available. Then again, they might hire from within, and he likes the staff he's got. He might keep them all. So you don't know what's going on. Toronto's a, a situation, same, same thing, right? They're going to bring in a new coach. Will they keep their staff? We'll find out. Morley Scott joining us on Inside Sports. Jason Moss put the name out there. When you asked him about, are you going to be the OC? I mean, he didn't 100% commit to anything, but he basically said no. And he basically said Jordan Maximic, the current QB coach, would, would be a candidate, which if he's public with that, I mean, I think yeah, we can... Uh, and, and that's not the first time he said that right. either. He's said that before, that Jordan McSimmick is an offensive coordinator in waiting. He's a guy who is really smart, real intelligent, knows the game really well, and someday will be a good OC. And I think 
that it's a good situation for Jason to have that because let's let's face it, Jason Moss is also a good offensive coordinator. I, I think uh, doing the OC duties and the head coaching duties, I think that's tough for anybody to do. So he can still keep his his involvement very very much so in in the offense, but have. Jordan McSimmick or the new offensive coordinator look after the day-to-day details, the, the the little things that have to get done that an OC does. And then Moss can can spend some more time with the defense, more time with the special teams people, which is what he wants to do. He wants to be an all-around head coach. And let's face it, last year in 2017, when he was just the head coach and Carson Walsh was the OC, he had a pretty good year. They were 12-6. and six. The you know Things went a lot smoother than they did this year. And I think a part of that was because Jason was allowed to move around the field a little bit more as well. I remember talking to Cavis Reed uh, one time, and, and he said that as a head coach, he really had trouble because he's a defensive guy. He had trouble. He had to really force himself to to go over to the offensive practice and be involved with the offense. And I think that's what good head coaches do. They're able to do that. But when you're the offensive coordinator, it's pretty tough to do that because right. that's a big job. OC is a big job. There's a lot of work that has to be done. It's a lot of video. It's a lot of meetings with your offense. Then it's a lot of meetings with your quarterbacks, and it's meetings with your head coach. And that's a lot of work for one guy to do that and be the head coach. And what do we know about Jordan Maximic? Because he's a St. Albert kid, right? Yeah, he is. Uh, he's He's been involved in football for a long time. He was here uh, several years ago on the Eskimos coaching staff as an assistant, one of those quality control guys. Uh, and then when the uh, then he became a member of the Ottawa uh, Red Blacks coaching they, staff, and that's where Jason Moss got to know him. Right. And then... Jason brought him here when he came from Ottawa. I gave him a promotion, and he's been on this staff for the last three years. Uh, everybody I talk to about him has good things to say about him, how smart he is and how knowledgeable he is about the game. I know Mike Roddy really respects him as well, so if the head coach likes you and the quarterback likes you, chances are you're getting a promotion, right? Okay. Well, that'll be some more news to watch for, for sure. Morley, thanks for sticking around. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking a lot over the next couple of weeks, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason once the Great Cup gets over with all the free agency or the CBA stuff. Uh, coaching staffs uh, around the league. It's going to be a real interesting offseason this year. Yeah, a lot to follow, Morley. Thanks for sticking around. Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Eskimos, and you can always get more on the Eskimos on 630Ched.com. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. We're coming up to quarter to eight. Oh, all the people who've never seen an analog clock just got really confused. It's almost 7.45, kids. That's what I was trying to say. I now, see, I know Larry and Mill Woods knew what I was talking about, though. We're going to meet this week's 6.30 Chet MVP when we get back. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Hey, uh, Lyle and Golden Spike, I love you too. Lyle texted in there, 630-630. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Hey, you know what's cool? The 630 Chet MVP from Elite Promotional Marketing is uh, an athlete every week, also featured on Global News every Tuesday. That video is on the MVP section of 630Ched.com. The MVP gets Under Armour Apparel, presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. You can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com. You can also fire me an email, inside sports at 630Ched.com. And this week's MVP is swimmer Lauren Anderson. Lauren, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for making time for me. Did you have swim practice tonight? Uh, this morning. Oh, you yeah. go in the morning. How early do you go? Uh, I wake up at about 4.45. Oh, that's nice and early, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, how, how, sorry, how old are you again? 
I'm 16. And what club do you swim for? The Edmonton Kiana Swim Club. Okay. How long have you been a swimmer, Lauren? Uh, I've been with Edmonton Kiano for about six years. And what got you into swimming? Um, well, I just kind of loved water my whole life. I did lessons when I was a little kid, and I just kept wanting to get better, so thought it would be a good idea to be part of a team. What uh, stroke do you specialize in? Uh, the backstroke. Backstroke, okay. Now, I understand, Lauren, unfortunately, you had a, a pretty big physical challenge recently. Can, can you tell us what happened? Uh, yes. So, about a year and a half ago, um, I had previously been swimming my best, but it became easier for me to notice some like difficulties I had with my technique and feeling some unevenness. So, I asked my doctor about it, and it turned out that I had about a 30-degree scoliosis. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's basically a, a curvature of the spine. Is that the simple way to put it? Yes, yeah, that's basically it. Okay, so so obviously, so you mentioned this was throwing off your, your, your stroke with swimming. Was there other uh, physical uh, issues you, that you, know, you faced as well? Um, it's nothing too major. Like, it wouldn't bother me, I don't think, in my day-to-day life. It's just when you do something so high performance and so technique focused, it's so easy to notice the little things. Okay. So now what has happened since then to, to treat this? Can you take us through that? Um, so after I found out about scoliosis, it was a bit of a shock. So I went through some, um, I guess, mental challenges with my swimming, trying to get myself back on track. Um, I did have a back brace for a couple months, but, um, it turned out it really like wouldn't help much anyway, so I don't need to wear that anymore. And once I kind of got myself figured out and I got back on track with my training and my coaches really helped um, get me like more confident in the water again with my swimming, and I decided that whether or not I had scoliosis, it would be good to just go out and try my best every time anyway. Okay, so you're going to have to help me here, Lauren, because I, I I don't know a lot about scoliosis. Is is it, uh, it like is it correctable? Can your spine straighten a little bit, or are you, are you going to need an operation, or are you just going to have to kind of live with this and, and deal with the effects? So, generally, if you find out you have scoliosis as a little kid, it can be corrected to an extent because the bones are still growing. But in someone that's about my age, my bones are pretty much done growing, so there's not really anything that I can do other than keep working with myself. Does this cause you pain? Um, no, no, not pain. Okay, but, but... It does for some people. Okay, so did you have to adjust your any technique with, with swimming to compensate? Yes, um, I'm still always working on that. It's something that is always a challenge for me. But, yes, basically, because my back curves to one side, um, it makes my stroke uneven, so I might pull more with one arm than the other, and that causes a lot more, like, muscle pain in one arm, and um, basically that with every stroke that I do. Who are some people that have been really supportive through this and, and have helped you deal with everything? Um, oh, lots of people. Um, for sure, my coaches, like, they just... They really know like how to deal with or help me out with um, any mental or physical problems that I have. Um, a lot of my coaches have had experience before with swimmers dealing with issues such as scoliosis. Um, my family for sure is supportive 100% always. 
and same with all my friends and teammates, of course. Awesome stuff. Okay, now what is the next, because you swim at a pretty high level, right? What's the next big event coming up for you? Um, so it is still majorly the beginning of the season for us, but we do have a uh, swim meet coming up. JP, it's called JP Facet, and I think that one's just going to be a good one to get some good times. I don't know. Um, in swimming, basically, you have short course, which is the 25-meter pool, and you have long course, which is the olympic size. And our long course season won't start till after Christmas. So okay. Now, would you would you like to keep swimming as you, as you get older, like maybe post-secondary, go after the Olympics? What are you thinking? Um, well, I like to really focus on swimming as just a way to improve myself. It's always... Um, it's always been just enjoyable for me and it's always good for fitness. Um, uh, for sure, I'm looking into like university scholarships and stuff like that. And depending on how well I'm doing this year and the next, we'll see. All right. Well, Lauren, thanks for sharing your story with us. I can tell you've worked really hard and that you keep pushing with your swimming. Congratulations on being the 630 Chet MVP for Elite Promotional Marketing. All the best as you continue in the pool, okay? Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. That is Lauren Anderson checking in. Man, great story. She's worked so hard, uh, found out she had scoliosis, affected her swimming, but she keeps pushing through that. She's going to get some Under Armour apparel courtesy Elite Promotional Marketing. Great stuff. We have the 630 Chet MVP on every week inside sports. Kellen, we're closing it up. we got to do our predictions for the games. Okay. Here's what I, Do you have scores written down? Uh, Did you prepare? I, I got a top of mind. I'm all good. I'm going to go. I'm going to be a, a real pansy here and pick the home team in both games. Okay. I'm going to go Hamilton 27, BC 24. Hmm. Okay, I'll go uh, BC 30, Hamilton 10. Oh, a blowout. Sure. And I am going to go uh, Saskatchewan 22, Winnipeg 17. Let's see, I'm going to go Winnipeg uh, 41, Saskatchewan 2. <laughs> That's incredible. Why not? I love it, Kellen Kennedy. Well, you know what you know what they say. You know who's going to start, and you just don't want to tell us. Uh, you know what we we're preparing to have a professional football game. It's going to be a professional football game. <laughs> it certainly will be. That, that should be the CFL slogan. We're preparing to have a professional football game. Hey, fun show tonight. Thanks to everybody who called and texted in. You heard from Lauren Anderson, our 630 Chet MVP, Morley Scott, Rick Zamperin out of Hamilton, Rod Peterson out of Regina, Connor McGahee from the Avalanche Broadcast Booth. I'll talk to you Sunday at 6 for the face-off show, Oilers and Avs at 7.30. I can tell you right now, the Avalanche trailed the Jets 2-0 after 2. The Maple Leafs did beat the Devils. 6-1. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Hey, have a great weekend, folks. Take care. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.